The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. You are now listening to Very Loose Women. That was the beginning of Weezer's sweater song, if you didn't recognize it. So this evening, we're going to be talking to special guest Mira Amin, who recently founded a clothing line. Hi, Mira. Do you make sweaters? Hi, we do not make sweaters. That was an inappropriate song then. Okay. (laughs) Also in the studio is Emma, regular Very Loose Women. Hi, everyone. And also regular Very Loose Women, Lucy, welcome back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. And Amanda, hi. Hello. Can I just say that you three were at school together. Um, that's Lucy, Amanda and Mira. Lucy, before we delve into the fact that you were at school together, can you tell us about why you unfollowed everyone on Facebook <laughs> and what you now currently follow? <laughs> well, um, I've been on a, I, I suppose, a mission to kind of divorce from Facebook. And I know a lot of people just take the plunge and leave, but I haven't been able to do that. So for a long time, I was very private on there, no photos available, et cetera, et cetera. But what was really bugging me was that I would log in to kind of check messages and be plagued by unnecessary information on my newsfeed. So I wanted to get rid of the newsfeed and like turn it off, but there, there doesn't seem to be a function. If you know of a function, let me know. The only way I could work out to get rid of my newsfeed was to unfollow every single person on it have you unfollowed me everyone emma everyone there's been it was a complete cull and then i actually no no. you say complete well no it it was complete and then i added one there's one thing that i follow now which is a small whale watching outfit in iceland and they post some really nice photos of the whales that they spot have you ever um, been a member of the group? I actually don't know if it's group or whatever it is anymore on Facebook. It's changing too much. But um, angry people in like local newspapers, because that's, that's well worth following. No, but again, I feel like that's going to clutter my life unnecessarily. And I, that's, I, don't, I don't think I need their anger. But you said whale watching, but you're also following someone else. Well, actually, now I'm also following Mira because I found out about her amazing clothing line and uh, I had to know more. So now I get Mira's post, the whale's post and some of Mira's friends' posts. I don't know her friends. They just come up because the feed, it feeds itself. It's desperate for news. Do you post interesting stuff, Mira? I don't really know. There's a range. There's a range of things. (laughs) Something for everyone. So before we kick off this show, we're obviously going to be asking Mira a lot of questions about her clothing line. Um, but to kind of get us into the topic, I thought I'd ask everyone what their favorite item of clothing that they had as a child. So I'd say that's pre-1997 for everyone in this room. Hmm. How do you feel about I have that? one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know the precise dates. But um, when I was little, I used to have like a kind of, I think it was like some sort of pink, dusky pink, maybe. No, that's probably not right. Some sort of pink item. Dusky or Dusty. Dusky. As is in, that a thing? As in, like, the sun is setting. That's a very precise shade Dusk, of pink. I think it's this shade of pink. I think, I think exactly I'm wearing it right now. I'm actually, right I'm now. not sure. Do you know, it might be neon pink. No, it wasn't neon pink. Anyway, some sort of pink. I thought Dusky sounded, I don't know, kind of professional. I was trying to impress Mira. <laughs> as a child, you wanted to look professional. But basically, I had this, like, really fluffy pink jumper that I used to call the pink chicken. Like, the family called it the pink chicken. <laughs> so that was, like, my main, like, childhood item of clothing and some really great like party dresses you know when you're little sometimes you have like these like really cool like I don't know polka dot party dresses I definitely had like a really cool one of those those are my 
clothing memories. Would you wear them again if you could scale them up? Yes. I probably wouldn't even have to scale them up. I haven't grown that much since I was 10. (laughs) (laughs) I had um, corduroy dungarees, which I don't understand why I still don't have those. I love them. They were burgundy. Before that, I had jean-coloured ones. I love them. And then I just haven't been able to find dungarees for some reason. They're ubiquitous, I would say. (laughs) They don't sell them in charity shops, so... Okay, if I see some, I'm going to get some for you. Thank you. Corduroy dungarees. Corduroy specifically. I accept jeans also. But (laughs) no, I went to Rocket, you know, that vintage place. I tried on... The the dungarees just didn't look good on me. I'm really Mm. sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Amanda, what about you? I had a pair of shoes that were red with black dots like strawberries. And I loved those shoes. Moldy strawberries. No, just actual strawberries. Um, But I got to the point where I wore them at school one day and all the kids took the piss out of me, so... I never wore them again. I just want to clarify that wasn't the school we were all at together. That was no, that was my primary school. I was thinking, school. was Lucy the one making fun of you? <laughs> no, this here you are reunited at last with your billies face to face in the studio. <laughs> no, I was very young. I was primary school at the time, and they were beautiful, beautiful shoes. And if I could have some shoes that looked like strawberries now, I'd totally wear them. Did you have the wellies with frogs on them? Yes, of okay. course I had the wellies yeah. with frogs. Just double on checking, <laughs> classic child item. You guys. Uh, okay, so I, I really was into sweatshirts as a kid, like 80s sweatshirts. So I had one that was, I remember it was black and it had geometric print on it, like neon orange, neon blue, squares and circles. Sounds cool. That's I would definitely wear that today. Yeah, looking back, it was cool. But, but maybe at the time it wasn't cool, but now it's cool. Yeah, at the time, I think we wore a lot of strange colours, leggings, like flowery leggings. I had flowery leggings. Yeah, there was, was the 90, same, same era. And obviously I had the flashing trainers as well. That I was did not have deal. that. In Wasn't there lots of rumours that that was bad for your health? I've never heard that. <laughs> what do you mean, guy. like, if you had, like, you know, epilepsy? Or, no, just having batteries near your feet. I've never heard that. Um, we should get... We've got Dr. J. Ross, our friend. Maybe we'll get yeah. her on the case yeah. on that. And what about you? Um, I, I used to wear a ton of my brother's, like, hand-me-down clothes. I used to love boys' clothes. So my favourite was a sweatshirt, like a stripy blue and, like, beige one. I'd, I'd still wear it now. Yes. Sounds like our childhood clothes would be hits today. I don't know what that says about today's. I think the 80s clothing. are back for sure. But yeah. The 90s are back. The 80s have gone. They've <laughs> gone. I mean, so have the 90s in fa- factual terms. Historically <laughs> accurate, yes. yes. Let's move on to the main topic of this evening your clothing line, Mira. Why did you decide to create a clothing line in the first place? I am. Um, so I first had the idea a couple of years ago. Um, I was looking for a suit to wear to my best mate's wedding and I couldn't find anything sort of masculine enough I wanted like something that was colourful and bright and flamboyant but also um, masculine and fit me well and I just couldn't find one Um, so I searched around online for queer clothing companies and there weren't any based in the UK and so I was like it would be really great if someone did that and then earlier last year um, I was like I've got you know I'm sort of getting a bit older I want to do something cool with my life Um, and so I was like maybe I could start a queer clothing company and so I did um, so I've been working over on it for over sort of the last 10 months or so. 10 months. Um, so could you tell us a bit about what it's called, what kind of clothes it has, what you're kind of aiming for? We are called Bull and & Dagger and we are the UK's first genderqueer clothing company. Um, so we're making clothes for anyone who's sort of gender non-conforming, doesn't really fit the sort of male, female gender norms. Um, most of our collections, sort of a combination of masculine clothing for women, um, sort of impeccable tailoring, really high quality materials 
Um, and then we have some feminine clothing for men. And then we've got a Less few impeccable. pieces. Less impeccable. That's what I'm hearing. Sorry. <laughs> no, Less impeccable. <laughs> no, no, to- totally impeccable. <laughs> awesome, awesome tailoring. Yeah, so we also have some like unisex clothing. So a bit, bit of something for everyone. Can you explain the name, Bill and Dagger? Yeah, so it comes from a 1920s sort of African-American derogatory term for butch lesbians, bull dagger. And we decided to reclaim the derogatory term. Um, so we're called Bull and Dagger. What was your kind of background going into it? Um, so I have absolutely no background in fashion whatsoever. I studied biochemistry at university and I've worked um, as an analyst for about the past five years, first in pharmaceuticals and now in legal services regulation. Um, so yeah, I have absolutely no background in fashion, but thought I'd do it anyway. But a bit of but taste. stylish. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so was, it, was that okay? Like, was it... Was it okay kind of making that transition into the fashion world, which you weren't very well acquainted with? Um, I sort of had no idea what I was doing, but I just sort of picked it up along the way. Lots of research involved, um, but it was it was okay to do. And how did you go about it? Um, so I started off just thinking about what I wanted to create, um, and then I put together a team. We've got a team of eight people, uh, three of whom are fashion designers. Um, so they did a lot of the sort of technical drawing to spec um, and then we moved into production and stuff. So Where is it at now? What what kind of stage um, is the business at? So we we had the collection completed in about February this year. We did London Fashion Week, um, and we're now in production. So we're uh, hoping to launch at the end of May next year. Uh, this year, sorry, in in a month or so. So obviously. What you're doing is quite innovative in the UK market. What was the reception like? I mean, this is off the cuff, but what was it like in terms of bringing that into something like London Fashion Week? Like, how did it go down with the people that saw what you were doing and stuff like that? Um, it went down really well with sort of the audience that we had at London Fashion Week. There were, we've got a lot of really good feedback from people who really know fashion in terms of the tailoring. It is absolutely exceptional. Um, and I'm not saying that because I made it. Um, uh, <laughs> the guy who made our samples is incredible. Uh, used to work for Alexander McQueen, really knows what he's doing. And so we've got a really good reception. I think, um, so speaking to other fashion designers, they're a little bit confused as to how someone without a background in fashion can put together a collection in eight months. It's sort of not a norm. And I think it's something that they'd prefer wasn't the case. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's gone down pretty well. Um, were there any obstacles that you faced thus far in like trying to get it started and get it going? Um, it's been fairly straightforward. It's um, the, the biggest challenge in terms of creating a collection is finding someone who can make the samples well um, and sort of figuring out the whole production thing. So that's been the biggest challenge. And um, what's what's the favourite thing that you made that that you wear as well, um, if I can, or but also that you don't wear if you want? <laughs> <laughs> I I wear the entire collection, um, but my favourite piece is it's a double-breasted blue blazer with yellow lapels. Um, we also have a kilt, um, and that is the only skirt that I will ever wear. Where do you see, like, the kind of market for this? Like, is it quite, in terms of, like, a range of things, like price range, customers, like, where do you see this going? Um, so it's a it's a really wide range, and we are supposed to be LGBT-specific. LGBT um, we've had a lot of interest from people outside of the LGBT community because of the design it is it's a little bit flamboyant it's got a bit of an edge so we've had a really wide range of interest um and the pricing points it's dependent on the piece so we've got a casual range as well uh which is at a lower price than our sort of high-end okay. blazers and in in terms of like how you make this clothes like where do you source the materials how do you put them together like the final item that someone sold that you've sold what countries has that been through um so 
most of our fabrics are from the UK. We do have, um, for our blazers and waistcoats and trousers, the fabrics are Italian wools um, with, it's got 5% lycra, so it's just got that bit of extra stretch, which means that it fits a wider range of body types, which is fitting with our brand. And all of our production is done in the UK. And where do you buy the clothes that you don't make? Sort of uh, none. All the clothes. <laughs> mostly places like Top Man. Um, big fan of a brand called Noose and Monkey, but just normal high street places. But always a men's section. And I think this is Emma's question. But how would you assess our looks? Oh yes. Um, you all look absolutely fabulous today. Um, <laughs> That's the correct answer, Mia. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to ask maybe everyone a general question. Then, like, do we feel like the clothes that we wear are kind of fit or maybe breath described or breath designed like gender or sex like do we feel like we're very feminine or masculine or what do we feel it's funny when we because we did this show a while like about a year ago about our fashion and everyone in the room so like Pina uh, Lucy and you described my style as androgynous where it might be just because I get a lot of clothes from my dad but I also like these are maternity trousers which I always wear um, because I don't like having buttons around my waist so that's very feminine, I feel. Like, you can't get more female than maternity, I feel. Interesting yeah. point. Um, I think, like, I um, I don't know. I think I think I think my look is more androgynous, androgynous than it is. But then at school, like, I've worked in a lot of schools, and I think something really interesting that children have this, children or young people have a real fascination of, like, are you a boy or a girl? Which is something that I've been I asked quite that, a lot. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I kind of think that's a really interesting thing of, like, why are they so obsessed to, like, say, well, like, you're wearing that, though, so, like, you must be a boy which I've had quite a lot. I don't know. But I think it's also because I have short hair. I think we're, we're instructed to see or to try and demonstrate our gender through what we wear. I'd say most of the clothes that are available to buy, or not most of them, but a lot of them, are specifically designed for one gender. And therefore, Definitely. innately, you end up, if you're shopping in a women's section, kind of effectively we're buying into, into what is yeah. defined as normal for women. I sometimes think it's hard. I don't know if this is a fair comment, actually, but I sometimes think it's harder. I'm quite a casual person. I feel like is that harder or less acceptable for women to be uber casual than men or not not, not less acceptable, but to go out and not be dressed up um, and to dress down, I think, can sometimes be a I bit I think for men, there's, a, there's that kind of uniform of like shirts and waistcoats and things. Maybe not waistcoats, but what is that jacket of like, oh, I'm smart. I'm wearing a tie and a jacket. And then it's either you're wearing that or you're not. Whereas with women, there's like more of a spectrum of like, I'm wearing a top and a skirt or trousers. I, I think that in some like working environments, definitely like what the formal is for, wim- for women is very feminine. Like they expect you to wear a skirt, they expect you to wear it in, in certain working environments. And I think like at formal events. And I was saying earlier, I'm glad Amanda's here because I remember turning up to Lucy's wedding and thinking like, oh, it's a wedding. I've got to wear like a sparkly dress and like do all these things. And then I saw Amanda there in like a, a proper like tuxedo. And I just looked at her and went, I didn't even think of that. I can't believe that like I missed that chance. Like it didn't even occur to me that that would be okay, which is kind of ridiculous. But it I looked think very wonderful. It did, it did look great. Well. I was so jealous. Yeah. Thank you very much. I mean, my main motivation for wearing that was it's going to be, Dece- it was December, it was going to be cold and I'd worn a dress all year, the same dress at multiple other weddings and I knew I'd be too cold in it so I thought I don't want to wear a dress in tights, it's not really my thing so my mum really suggested oh I've got these beautiful pair of trousers and then we just kind of put the whole outfit together and we didn't we didn't really think of anything else, we didn't think about being wearing a dress or anything else, it was just uh, what's going to be comfortable on the day. 
I think there is a certain like there's a, an expectation of a certain level of discomfort in women's clothes. Like Definitely. women are expected to put up with a certain level of like oh really dif- like uncomfortable high heels or like whatever you know like I don't know itchy cardigans. Yeah, I don't know whatever it is tights that have gone up to your boobs whatever it is. Yeah, yeah and I also think to some extent that gets fetishized as female um, as a female look wearing heels wearing dresses but it doesn't need to be like anyone could wear those things they're not exclusively for a female shape a female foot or anything like that but also this is my real bugbear and if we were doing gripe of the week maybe i'd throw this in give us it really bothers me that women's clothing is not cut for proper pockets and i think this holds women back in so many ways because we are like there's like a tyranny of having to have a bag and then there's an expectation. If you have a bag, you're, you're like, well, I might as well put things in it. So then you start carrying around more crap than you really need. And really, you need a pocket for, you know, any sanitary item you might need to carry with you and maybe a card and maybe your phone. And I'm sorry, but that could be included in the breast pocket of a women's suit. And yet yeah. I own women's suits and none of them have a pocket. Well, they have those stupid fake pockets. Yeah, I what's up with that? Pockets. Why would you have a fake pocket? People need pockets. Why would you pretend to have a pocket? I think the fashion industry should listen to our call and well, cut bigger pockets in women's clothes. We have real pockets in all of our items. But maybe yes. you can shed some light on that. Like, why do you think, as our fashion aficionado, Mira, like, why do you think there's no pockets in women's clothes? I think it, um, it's seen as something that sort of ruins the liner for clothes. So you are supposed to have your super feminine body and your clothing is supposed to fit it tightly. And therefore, if you put something in your pocket, it ruins the shape of it. Can't they like put pockets around the bums if they like big bums? <gasps> People do like big bums. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but would you really want a lopsided bum? Like, That's the bum? problem. I think like there was a little phase a while ago where there was like loads of pockets in dresses and like I got super into that and I would just put everything I owned in those pockets and it really like weighs you down so that the pockets are like lower than, than the actual like line exactly of the dress all the time. But yeah. that's what you gotta do as like a lady. Of, like nineties combat thing. No, I don't know what you mean, but that reminds me of something completely unrelated, which is I was re- recently reading about the All Saints, everyone's favourite girl band of the 90s. Is it the All Saints? Well, I question that as well. But I think when I say All Saints, it sounds like a shop. That's why I put a V ah. in there, just to, just to make a create a distinction yeah. for clarity on the, on the radio, they had on the wireless. Pockets. I know what you mean. They, they had did pockets. Combat trousers. And also, apparently yeah. the reason they disbanded in the 90s, like or the, when they fell out with each other, was over a combat jacket ownership of a combat jacket it was like who owns this and like they just that's why they broke up apparently it gets brought up on every interview so when they come on our show we maybe shouldn't bring up when they come I, yes. I like this certainty involved in that um yeah i think that we should all turn down the tyranny of the bag i would always have my little rucksack on me with like a laptop in it i don't think that would fit in pockets it'd have to be what like a I- back pocket why don't they invent a back pocket? Well, like a huge one? Yeah, like not because a back pocket. Everyone would be back falling pocket. backwards. Everyone <laughs> what would does like. What mean? Like, like imagine just like a, like a sleeve in the back of your jumper. Mira's you noting down all these ideas. Yeah, where you yeah. could just pop a sheaf of paper or <laughs> a laptop. Cycling clothing does have that. No. Yeah, I've does seen it? a pocket just yesterday. My friend had a little pocket that she put her light in, in fact. Yeah, my, all my cycling clothing has a big flap at the back where you can put everything. Why doesn't normal clothing have but that? But I reckon, like, in a kind of particularly risque dance move, things could fall out. <laughs> Are you going to be dancing with your back pocket clothes? <laughs> oh, but you need a zip. Like a zip. No, or elastication, as there is in cycling clothing. And you could get, like, a all little right, suspender has it all. to kind of hold it up. Like holster it in almost like a gun, but it could be on your back with a laptop. We should just tie our possessions to us. Like almost like suicide vest style. Oh. <laughs> maybe maybe the analogy oh, you could use is like things going on the top of cars. 
Maybe you mean no, like I a, prefer my original and slightly offensive example. So like a carpenter's sorry. belt. That would have that would have been nicer. Yeah, like yeah, but I mean to your body. Oh my god. Okay. Okay, moving yeah. on. <laughs> Either way, guys. So Fine. Mira, um, what where, what's next for your clothing line? Um, we're um, we're looking to launch in May, so we're just finishing off production, and we are actually we're looking to organise the UK's first queer fashion. Fashion Week event in September this year to coincide with London Fashion Week. Um, and yeah, that's it. Sorry. I have a question, which is if you are the UK's first and only and premier uh, queer <laughs> fashion brand, who else will be featured in this Queer Fashion Week? Um, so there are other brands that um, they don't identify as queer, but are sort of gender non-conforming or gender blending or gender free. Um, and also there are brands in other parts of the world that do gender queer uh, fashion um we stayed away from all the gender free type labels because in the end i decided to identify the label with how i identify as opposed to sort of i I think it's almost a bit of a cop-out it's like oh we're not going to label ourselves as queer despite being a queer brand um but we hope that these brands will be interested in taking part in the show i was gonna say do you think there is a future for fashion which is essentially gender free because fashions change all the time, right, for men and for women and presumably could reverse and suddenly the new norm is for men to wear dresses, women not to, et cetera, et cetera. Like, but could there be a future where there isn't a divided fashion world? I'd like to think so, but I, I can't see it happening, really. I think fashion is so, so gendered um, that I, I can't really see it happening. And anyone who sort of falls between is their own little market at the moment. There are a lot of big brands moving into sort of gender-free clothing type thing. Um, Zara most recently but uh, yeah it's it seems to be a bit of a it's a sort of oh it's a fashionable thing to do at the moment as a point to realising that this is actually uh, you know a way of life for a lot of people um, and if you look at some of these collections there's been very little thought put into it so I think it's sort of jumping on a bandwagon without really understanding the consumer needs So but I mean a lot of um like around clothing around gender is to do with size as well because women are I'd say in broad strokes smaller than men I I think that's fair to and say have different shape yeah bodies potentially so how how is it like a gender non-conforming label how do you cope with that demand um I, I think it's all I, I think a lot of it's just down to labeling your clothing clearly and showing what the actual sizes are in terms of measurements um and it's it's quite easy to sort of I know that I am a men's medium um, for shirts, for example. Um, but if you just put the sizing on it properly, I think it's intentionally made to be very separate. So it's it's just moving away from that. Um, where can listeners find out more about your label, Bill & Dagger? Um, so you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, um, and on our own website, which is com. And where, so, but there's nothing like for sale at the moment. Um, we'll be ready for sale at the end of May. Um, thanks so much for coming on. And Lucy, thanks for coming back. Thanks and for having me. Thanks for bringing Amanda along. Have you guys got any anecdotes from school? Because I feel like I'm missing out a big <laughs> chunk that you were all in school together. What's the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to Lucy, guys? Yes. That <laughs> oh is my nice gosh. <laughs> Opposed to the twin sets that she used to wear as head girl. <laughs> what, does what, does what does that mean? I actually so had a great collection of floor length skirts and twin sets. But what is a like twin set? Funky, uh, like, like suits. Like a top with a cardigan. 
I don't remember that. Really? So wait, you, you were given a lilac choice. one. I don't remember it. Oh, <laughs> She's blocked it out. Repression. <laughs> totally repress that fashion disaster. I'm going to challenge a man to find a photo. Because <laughs> I, I definitely I destroyed them all. I genuinely don't remember. I That's I why you don't have any nice photos on Facebook. Because <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah, they I, I wouldn't bad. be embarrassed. You, like, they looked fine. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it and you thus you see the judgement that comes with fashion right there the judgement you just being uh, <laughs> I was I was yeah. I think well, I, I, I uh, this was Very Loose Women thanks for listening our outro song is Book Away Where Can I Change My Clothes coming up wonder how long before I can change my clothes I wonder how long I can change my clothes.